Ready to learn, grow, and take your practice to the next level? Let's do this. Welcome, everybody, to ADOM Radio, the podcast for dental managers. I'm your host, John Stamper, and thanks for joining us. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode here on ADOM Radio. I'm your host, John Stamper, and as always, very excited to be with you. So when I say the word case acceptance, what does it make you think about? Is the first thing that comes to your mind what goes on in the operatory, how treatment is presented, talking to the patients about root canals and scaling and root planing and periodontal therapy, you know, all those great medical terms that patients just love to hear, or... Do you think about your treatment planning coordinator and the things that they say or the things they don't say or where they're actually presenting the treatment or how they're presenting financial options, all of those things? Well, I can tell you what it means to one person, and that is our guest, Laura Hatch, who is the founder and CEO of Front Office Rocks. Laura looks at case acceptance in a lot of different ways and some very insightful ways that we're going to talk to you about on this three-part series of case acceptance brought to you by Care Credit. And Laura and I also, during the course of these three episodes, talked about some of the great tools and great resources that many of you may not know about that Care Credit is bringing to dental practices all over the country. So very excited for you to learn about that. In this final episode of our three-part series on case acceptance, Laura and I took some time to talk about the handoff. Uh, Laura got into details and specifics about some things that you can do and or pay attention to or really focus on in regards to the handoff between the clinical team and the front office team when it comes to financial options, things like that, that you can do in order to make that a smooth transition. Because as many of you know, in in the hectic part of a busy practice, it may seem like the patient doesn't feel if that handoff is jagged or doesn't go well, but they notice. And so we went ahead and talked about a lot of those different things that you can do in an effort to be able to make that process really kind of finalize things for the patient in regards to getting the treatment done and paid for. So who is this Laura Hatch girl anyways? Well, she's the founder and CEO of Front Office Rocks, the leader in web-based front office training for dental practices. She is listed non-exclusively with several speakers bureaus and speaks at events year-round for well-known dental authorities like ADOM, Patterson, Mid-Atlantic Dental Society, as well as local dental societies. She has authored over 200 articles published in top dental publications and websites like Dental Assisting Digest, Dental Town, and Dentistry IQ. With a master's in organizational development from JHU, she started as an office manager and grew two successful fee-for-service practices from scratch. Front Office Rocks was founded when Laura witnessed firsthand the absent resources for dental front offices and the desire to share her successes with her fellow dental practices. As the leading authority on web-based dental front office training, Laura developed training methods consisting of established ideas, practical training, and proven results can be easily implemented into any office. And she's going to share so much of that with you on this three-episode podcast series on case acceptance. I'm very, very excited for you to learn from her a lot of the things that she has learned from others and what she is sharing with dental practices all over the country. She puts such a high weight and value on you, the office manager, and the responsibility that you have in the world of case acceptance. So I'm so, so glad that Care Credit has brought Laura Hatch to ADOM Radio. So without a further ado, here's our final episode of this three-part series on case acceptance with the Laura 
Hatch. I am very pumped to close out what has been a three-part series on case acceptance, and it has been an honor, and I have really enjoyed spending time with Laura Hatch, who is the founder and CEO of Front Office Rocks. And so Adom Radio is very, very excited to have Laura back. And this episode, like the other two, is brought to you by Care Credit. And I know Laura is, uh, she's mentioned a little bit about some of the great tools and resources they have for dental practices. And I think she's going to talk a little bit about that on today's episode. And what we're going to close out this series with is we, we started with First Impressions, Great nuggets and insight from Laura on the things that many of you may not even be thinking about in regards to case acceptance, like your reviews and what you do before the patient even gets into the practice. And then in episode two of the series, we got more into the experience in the office, little things like what are you doing? What is everybody doing? How are you treating the patients? Not just new patients, existing patients as well. And so we're going to close what's been just a a series full of great nuggets with Laura uh, on the handoff. And I think this one is so interesting because all the work that the clinical team does. So let's say you bring the patient in, everybody's done right all from the get-go. They're sitting in the operatory, the doctor, the hygienist, the dental assistant, everybody is done what they need to do on the clinical side. The patient realizes the importance of getting the treatment done, and then they have to go to work with the front office team, and then the financial options have to get presented, and then wah, 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 right? <laughs> what could happen? So, Laura, thank you so much for coming back to ADOM Radio, and uh, it's a pleasure to have you back. Well, thank you very much. I'm excited. This has been a lot of fun. We're, we're, we're talking about lots of my favorite stuff. <laughs> Good, good. Well, I know you have a lot to share and, and people certainly have a lot of respect for what you're doing. And I think more importantly, in regards to, to, to the front office team and really helping them because they're such an integral part of the operational part of a dental practice. So before we get started, if you could please share with everybody a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Um, so as you said, I'm the founder and owner of Front Office Rocks. Um, we do an online training. I'm an online training resource. It's a subscription-based website um, that trains everything from how to answer the phones, what's in and out of network, uh, insurances, to scheduling, cancellations, co- you know, confirmations, everything we do in the front. Um, and I work very closely with ADOM. ADOM is um, the organization I refer to for office managers. I'm part of it. I'm a fellow of ADOM myself. And feel that every um, business manager, office manager should be involved in ADOM because it's a great organization. So I'm super excited to be here. Um, My background started, um, I got into dentistry in 2002, not knowing anything about dentistry. Kind of got, you know, put at the front desk and said, run the front. And my ex-husband is in the back doing the clinical and go. And realized that there's not a lot of resources and not a lot of um, training out there. So Over the years, I've grown two very successful practices, one on the East Coast. We moved to San Diego in 2007, and we opened one on the West Coast. Um, I have found, and what I've learned is, you know, when we opened on the East Coast, it was a good economy, not a lot of competition. Once we figured out kind of how to, you know, um, hone in our systems, we did very well. We moved to the West Coast, and we opened a brand-new practice in San Diego, California in 2007, where when the economy is not doing well at all, There's way more competition in Southern California than there was in Maryland. And now we're only 20 minutes away from Mexico. So a lot of our patients say, I'm going to go to Mexico to get my dentistry done. Um, And so I thought, oh, my gosh, what did we do? Right. (laughs) Um, But we we opened a scratch practice. We have a very successful fee for service dental office in San Diego. And really what the way we did it was 
hiring the right people, training the training them the right way, having the right systems in place, working with the right companies like Care Credit to be able to help our patients accept dentistry, and then making sure that we're continually training and growing our practice. So um, that is my focus with Front Office Rocks. I'm all about the front office team. We are the rock stars, the front office rock stars, because we're the first and last touch for every patient when they come in. And patients don't judge us. They don't know how to judge us on dentistry. They don't they don't know to say, is your dentist good or not? Are there any, how much CE has your doctor done? Are there any lawsuits against your doctor? They just know things like their insurance, um, their pocketbook, uh, and how they feel when they're in your practice. And so I focus on the team members and making sure that they get the continual training needed to offer that amazing ex- um, experience and, and follow the systems that we do in the office. And then, of course, I work with Adam, who offers, you know, the management side of it to really help us grow as managers because we're, we're between the, the dentist and the team. And we have a huge role. And I'm loving that, the, you know, the front office team and managers are starting to get more and more training, respect, and have resources. So that's why I'm here today. And I'm, I really appreciate Care Credit, you know, inviting me to do this because um, I've worked with Care Credit since the day I got into dentistry. And they've been around a long time, um, but I think they're they're helping and growing more. There's a ton more resources, and we're going to talk about that today. So that's kind of my story, and I'm sticking to it. Good, and you should. And there's certainly, uh, I think that as time goes on, and, and as you can appreciate, Laura, it's amazing when you get out there in the industry and you start speaking to people, uh, and, and more and more people uh, know of you and, but most importantly, your, your philosophy and what you stand for, uh, you know, sticks and it sticks with them. And, and, and certainly I know with a lot of people that I've spoke with, they have a high level of respect for what you're doing and, and it matters. And I think this whole thing of case acceptance is, as you and I talked on a couple of the other episodes and rightfully so there's a lot of courses out there on case acceptance about the clinical side, which is, you know, how should we share? What should we talk about? Things like that. But it is really encouraging to see, that there's a lot more focus now on what the front team and the office managers and all that can do in an effort to make the to, in an effort to make this process better and most importantly help these patients get this care done. So uh, today we're going to talk again about the handoff, and I I wanted to paint that picture at the beginning. Hopefully, just because I think everybody's been in that situation, whether you're on the clinical side where you have done what you thought your job was and then, or you're at the front and you've done what your job was. And Laura, how many times have you seen that, right? How many times have you seen that? Is it possible that the javelin was not handed off properly and the stuff didn't get done? So let's, let's hop right into that. Well, so for us to talk about where we need to go, I want to talk about where we are right now. And um, I feel we are a lot like Burger King. Um, Burger King, their motto is have it your way. So you can go in and you can order, you know, however you want. I want a Junior Whopper with cheese, extra pickles, no tomatoes, onion rings, and a Diet Coke or whatever. You order it off a menu. So let's talk about the way we present treatment right now and where I think we're dropping the ball. Um, first, you know, the patient, you know, the doctor's presenting and and. Work with me here. I know every office has different configurations. Some have consult rooms, some don't. Some, you know, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different offices listening to this, but typically it's something where the doctor presents to the patient what they need and the patient shakes their head and says, yeah, doc, that sounds good. So for example, the doctor says, okay, you know, patient, you need two crowns, three fillings and a night guard. 
And the patient always shakes their head and says, yeah, doc, that sounds great. Then as soon as the doctor leaves, they turn to whoever's next to the doctor, which is typically, in this case, an assistant. And they say, what did he say? And is my insurance going to cover it? And the assistant has to decipher the doctor talk and then says, we'll get your, you know, we'll get you to the team up front. Typically, we'll get you to the team up front and they'll go over your insurance with you. So then we walk the patient to the front. Now, handoffs are huge. And we're probably not going to get a ton into this at this in this one, in this interview. Maybe I'll come back for another one. But what we hand off is key because the front office team is now handing off to, I mean, the dental assistant is now handing off to the front office team, you know, here's the patient, here's the treatment plan, here's the questions, here's the concerns, here's the conversation that happened, and it needs to be done in a certain manner. But what what happens typically then at this point is we take them in the front, we're standing at the front desk, the patient's five steps away from the front door, you know, they the bib's off, they're mentally done with this appointment. We put the treatment plan in front of them, and that's when they see the numbers. You know, they look at it, and they say, what? You know, my insurance isn't going to cover it all? And we're like, well, no, because insurance is an assistance and blah, 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 whatever our verbal skills are. And then the patient goes, well, wait a minute. Hold on. Well, then in that case, I'll do the one crown but not the other crown because the insurance doesn't cover it. I'll do the fillings because they covered it at 80%, but we won't do the night card because the insurance doesn't cover it. And they walk up the door. And that sounds a lot like I'll have a junior whopper with cheese, extra pickles, no tomatoes, onion rings, and a Diet Coke. We're, we're letting our patients pick off the menu. You know, we're letting them just go. And so there's multiple things in this process that we're going to pick apart right now because it, we're, not, we're not doing it the right way. First and foremost is um, we have to understand that patients don't like what we do. We put drills and needles in their mouths. They pay us thousands of dollars, you know, and they're not going to like drills and needles in their mouths. They don't want it, okay? So when we have patients who leave our practice and then go spend thousands of dollars somewhere else, it's because that's fun. We're not fun. We're drills and needles, okay? The second thing is our patients only know their pocketbook and their insurance book. So when the doctor's presenting, they're shaking their head yes to the doctor because they don't know. They don't know how much the insurance is going to cover. They don't know their out-of-pocket amount. So they're truly not um, really being, being sold. We're not really presenting treatment because until the patient hears the dollar amount, they're not really in the buying process yet. They're just kind of in the education process. They're just sort of in the, the becoming aware that something's going on in their mouth. The next place we drop the ball is when we're walking them up to the front. So we're walking up to the front. They're, you know, they're standing up. They've got their running shoes on. There's other people around who can hear the conversation. They just want to get out of the front door. They're going to say whatever they need to say to get out, which is why, you know, many times we hear a patient say, I need to think about it. I only want to do what the insurance covers. Sure, put me in the schedule. I'll be here. And then we put them in knowing there's only a 50% chance they're showing up. Um, I'll call you, whatever, and out they go. So the first step is just understanding the mentality of our patients, that what we have and what we do is not something they want. So the second step and the second thing we need to look look at to break this down is, are we putting case acceptance, case presentations, are we prioritizing that in the importance of our day? Meaning many offices we've gotten very Um, focused on production. Our doctors get very focused on production. How can we produce more? How can we produce faster? How can we put more in the schedule? Um, Which I'm all about production. I mean, I know we have to run a business and we're numbers and all of that, but we have to make sure that we're also prioritizing 
case presentations and case acceptance. Because if we don't present well and we don't get our patients to truly accept the dentistry, what happens is potentially we get them in the schedule and in the morning of that appointment, we get the phone call where they're like, (coughs) I'm sick, right? Um, And you're like, no, you're not. I just saw you at Target last night. Um, But, you know, they woke up that morning and they went, oh gosh, I scheduled for a root canal. That doesn't sound very much fun. I I think I'm not going to show up for that. So we need to make sure that we are are understanding the importance of presenting to our patients, understanding they don't love what we do for a living. Um, And it's a lot harder for us to sell, I don't know, a $3,000, you know, root canal crown than them going to Costco and spending $3,000 on a big screen TV. Um, So we have to realize that, you know, they don't love this and we need to take the time, make sure we're having the right conversations, make sure we have the right systems in place for the highest chance of case acceptance. Because at the end of the day, our job is to help our patients keep their teeth for life. And numbers, production, goals, all of that, in my mind, it just represents how many patients we help. Um, Yes, we need to produce and collect and all of that. But really, at the end of the day, we are their healthcare providers. And everybody on your team needs to understand how important that role is and why we are here, the purpose that we're here. So then the next thing I would say is where we're presenting the treatment, where we're, where we're getting into the financials. So presenting the treatment is one thing, but a patient doesn't really fully start to consider what they're hearing until they see the dollar amount. Everything sounds good until they, unless we have a super fearful patient or something, or they're in you know, a lot of pain, but to the majority of our patients, everything sounds good until they see the dollar amount. If we're doing that, too much in the clinical area when the patient's laying back and we've got, you know, masks on and gloves on, you know, that's not the best environment for us to be presenting money to our patients. And then on the flip side, standing at the front desk is the next worst, worst place to be presenting money. Because when we put the money out there, now the patient's in their, in the buying mode. Now they're in the buying cycle. And what I mean by that, just to give an example is, For let's say I go shopping at the mall and I pick up a pair of shoes and I love these shoes. They're, they're really great. And like, these are cute shoes before I decide if I'm going to buy the shoes, where do I look? I flip over the shoes and I look at the price, right? And when I see the price, that's where in my head, I start thinking, geez, do I really need them? Um, Can I wait for them to go on sale? Do they have a layaway? Do we have payment options? Can I hide them in my bag so my husband doesn't see what I spent? You know, like that's when the buying cycle really, really starts. So we want to do it in an environment where we can sit there and help our patients get through the buying cycle, help them get through their considerations. And if they're doing it at the front desk, they're not going to you know, they're only a few steps away from the front door and they're not going to be honest with us, um, you know, around other patients and people who are in earshot of them. We need to get them in an environment where they're safe because when we're going to present payment options, which I'm going to talk about next, you know, some people do have financial issues. Um, Some people have serious concerns. And and if we don't give them a, a, a good place to really talk to us, Um, we're not going to really help them through those issues, which means they're not going to accept the dentistry. They're going to go home and they're not going to get it done. So my first choice is to do it in a consult room, if possible. If you have a consultation room, I tease um, that there's this room in your office that's got degrees on the wall, decorated really pretty, some flowers and Kleenex. 
usually it's not used as much as it should be. Right. Um, it, it's not there, you know, cause the designer thought you should have this pretty, it's used for consultations. That's exactly what it's for. So any patients that are, you know, I, I, $500 or more out of pocket, a thousand dollars or more should be moved into a place where we can really help them have the highest chance of getting through the buying process, the buying cycle, have, have the best chance to have a real conversation with them, give them their payment options you know, and find out how they're going to pay before we ever put them in the schedule. Because we know, you know, patients cancel a no-show all the time. And in the doctor's schedule, typically that's because they weren't sold. And they weren't sold because we didn't go through the process with them. So we need to, in the front, make sure that we understand where to do it, what our purpose is, and and um, why we want to do it in an environment that we can get into a real conversation with our patients. Because if we don't, they're not going to accept the dentistry or they're not going to show up for it. Mm-hmm. So when I think of the handoff or I think about that moment that you're talking about when the dollars are presented, it takes me back to when I was like 17 years old and I was at prom, right? And it's that feeling <laughs> that I, <laughs> I just love. This story always makes me laugh. Uh, it's that feeling that I got when like you're 17 years old and you're so excited, you're all dressed up, you're taking your date to the prom or what have you. And, you know, 17 or 18 and every, every, obviously, you know, young, young male is different, but, uh, and you're responsible for paying for the check. And in many cases, at least it wasn't my case, like that senior year, like it was money that I like earned. Right. So it was like the first time when you go to this really nice dinner. And as you know, or if you've never been to a place where like, you got to spend $150 on dinner, if you've ever done that, the first time you get that check, you're like, whoo. And so I always remember when I'd said in dental practices before of that moment when the, the waiter brings me the check and dinner was great, right? You're sitting there and then I open it up. And like, you had this moment where you're like, oh man, you know, like that $170 right. looks like, how? even though I know I have the cash in my pocket, like I don't want to give it up, even though I want to yeah. obviously pay for dinner. And so, you know, hearing you talk about that, it's such a crucial time of this process. And, um, and you're right. I think there's a lot of little things that go into making it, making it work right. Right. So that's really, and I agree with that hundred percent. I mean, I, I tell the story about, you know, I, I bought a new bookshelf. Um, and I can afford the bookshelf. I could pay for it if I wanted to, like I have enough room on my credit, but they offered me payment options. I'm like, heck yeah. Right. Um, right. my daughter's getting married and I'm buying her, her wedding dress. And they were like, we have six months interest-free financing. I'm like, heck yeah. Um, <laughs> we, that's how we buy things now, you know? Yeah. So, um, when, when we're going to present the treatment. Okay. So now, now game on for us. Okay. We sit down with our patients we walk them through, you know, we walk them through the insurance, we walk them through the out-of-pocket amount, we walk them through all that. And now it's time to say, you know, and how did you want to pay for it? First of all, I think you need to have options in your practice. You know, we take check, credit card, you know, whatever the case may be, and we offer financing. How would you like to pay for it? And then be quiet and listen to what they say. Many times presenting finances and money is uncomfortable for the team. Um, and so what we need to do is make sure our team is trained. We also need to make sure that you have people who are comfortable about talking about money. So, for example, if you've got somebody who themselves, one of your team members, has financial issues and the and it's a big treatment plan, you probably don't want them presenting it because maybe they would think, gosh, $5,000, that is a lot of money when right. the patient says it, right? It's not going to be really good. So you should have comfortable, confident, trained people on your sales line, on the you know treatment plan, you know, case acceptance. 
The next thing then is to always give your patients options. And one of the things I love about care credit is that they have in there, in the, in, and for anybody, whenever I speak, I know I ask, is there, who has care credit in here? 95% of the offices raise their hand. But the issue is when was the last time you saw the latest and greatest with care credit? When's the last time you brought your rep in? I suggest everybody listen to this, do it because they have a payment uh, form that you can customize for your practice. It's a couple buttons and it gives the payment options for your patients. So let's say you can pay cash or check. You can pay credit card. Here's the credit cards we off, we, we accept. And here are the financing options that we, we have and print it out for any patient over a certain dollar amount. So I say $500 and use it every single time. Because what it does is when you present, here are our payment options, it allows you to find, find out the financials, how the patient's going to pay. And then if they see it broken down, because many times I know when I present care credit, they say, well, I don't want more credit or, you know, oh, I don't need to do that. But when they actually see that it can break down to $159 a month or $200 a month, that's a lot easier to swallow, no pun intended, than $4,000. <laughs> Right. Right. And many times our patients say when they say, I don't have that kind of money, what they mean is I don't have that money now. I don't have availability on my credit card. I can't write a check. I mean, I heard some statistic that, you know, the majority of people can't write a check over five hundred dollars right now if you ask them to. Mm -hmm. So we need to get better about always presenting options to our patients and then finding out how they're going to pay. And this care credit that, I mean, they have this, it's, it's amazing because it just puts it right out there. You can comfortably have the conversation with the patient and talk to them about the options. Now, does everybody need care credit? Absolutely not. They might pay cash. They might pay credit card. Great. Awesome. Let's do that. But let's figure out the payment before we put the patient on the schedule, because that's how we know the patient's going to show up. Right. So we really need to be really comfortable about talking about money and presenting this and then getting the, you know, the how is the patient going to pay before we put them in the schedule? Because we don't do that a lot of times. We just put them in the schedule. They go home and then they cancel or no show on us. Right. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, hearing you talk about the person that presents it's so true, Laura. And that's that's one thing when we were talking to one of the earlier episodes about having a mirror is that people, I don't think, realize consciously that they're doing this. But you're right. If somebody is in the helm of presenting a $1,300 treatment and they subconsciously are saying to themselves, man, you know, I don't know how I would come up with that. Like that will come off. You know, even if, even if they don't, even if they don't mean it to, right. It's just, if I feel like $250 is a lot of money, then when I present it, then I'm going to present it like it's a lot of money. Uh, I love the idea of the pause. I think pauses are good in so many things that we do in life, uh, just with as crazy things get. And because that pause, I think not only gives time to the patient, but it also gives time for the practice to be able to see the patient's reaction. And like you said, you know, help, help them determine where they're going to go next. So uh, I, I like that. And, and, you know, talk a little bit, I'm curious on your thoughts on what you've seen or what you train on when it comes to the clinical team, understanding the challenges that the treatment planning team has and vice versa. Can you talk a little bit? Cause I, I think sometimes I feel like it's a, we talk, you know, the word handoff can mean a lot of things, right? It can mean like, whoo, it's all yours, baby. <laughs> or it can mean, right. you know, I mean, so I'm curious on your experience with that and what, what you train to with that. 
Yeah, I think that, um, you know, we need to, and one of the things that I suggest with my, even with front office rocks with my training is have the back, you know, the clinical team watch some of the front office videos just so they can, as we have, and what, what happens when you hand the patient off to us and vice versa. I mean, you know, have your front office team, they, in, in the corporate world, and you know this, it's walk a mile in my shoes. You know, we talk about cross training, which is one thing, but this is just understanding from my perspective what I have to deal with in the back. Um, and I think that's important because we, if we work as one unified, um, you know, organism or company or culture, we have a better chance of getting the patients to accept dentistry. So, you know, the handoff again, and I agree with you, it's kind of like, as soon as the patient says, well, that's a lot of money or I can't afford it. It's like, well, I'll take you up to the financial coordinator. Here you go. <laughs> and and we need to all understand that we have options for our patients. You know, we're going to work this out for you. We are going to help you. Like you said, good news is we'll figure out what your insurance is going to pay. And right. we have financing options. And we take credit cards. And we take and, and making it a positive thing versus, you know, oh, I'm just going to hand you off to her and, and she's going to explain it all to you. And, and I'm going to back up. That starts with the doctor. You know, the doctor needs to be comfortable with, um, you know, being confident in and talking to the patient about, you know, we have options for you. We're going to, we're going to do the best we can to find the best options for you and being comfortable understanding that we need to be able to talk about money because money leads to case acceptance. And a lot of offices, you know, care credit recommends when we were talking about this, you know, that, um, we should have, you know, 10% of our patients applying and they did a custom practice, uh, um, a growth report for us, a performance review for us. They came into our office and what I found out in my practice is that we were way lower than what they recommend because we were not recommending payment options to all of our patients and our case acceptance was lower. Once we realize if we give our patients options, we're going to start helping more patients then at the end, it's a win-win for everybody, right? Because more patients are accepting dentistry and we're, you know, we're getting more case acceptance. So that really starts from the owner. You know, I recommend, like I said, get care credit to come in and do a presentation to you on what's new with them. Also get a performance analysis and find out how are you doing? Are you really talking to patients about their, their financing options, their payment options? Are we really presenting treatment well? Because like I said earlier, it's a lot easier to blame you know, patients don't have money or to say, you know, people don't have good credit in my area or people, people don't accept their dentistry because they're insurance driven. Then it is to say, maybe we're dropping the ball. You know, maybe we're, we're not presenting the way we should be. So I think it's important that the front and the back understands the process and, and understanding that it, our patients aren't going to love what we do. They're not going to love paying for it. But if we can do it in the right way, do it confidently, have the resources, you know, bring in the financial options every time, help our patients figure out how they're going to pay for it, uh, and not just assume because they say I don't have money that they're that they can't do it because um, they're leaving your office and they're going to you know somewhere else and they're financing something. <laughs> you know, we we do it on everything. You don't go into a car dealership and pay cash for it. You find out what the monthly payment is going to be. And the better our dentists get and the more training they get and the bigger our cases get, even it's, it's even more vital to be able to talk to our patients about monthly payments or payment options, because it's not just one tooth dentistry anymore. Um, It's, you know, we're here to take care of their full mouth and, and their health. And we need to be more confident to be able to help them get that. 
Yeah. So I think it's definitely between the front and the back. And, and I know in the past, you know, I, I had to learn to be comfortable about it. I mean, when I remember when I first started and I thought, Oh, this is a lot of money, but at the end of the day, we are, you know, we, we provide an amazing service for our patients. We need to be confident with that. And then we need to be confident in our options and saying, how do you want to pay? And then what I say is, shh, and let them tell you. Right. And then you can listen to their confidence. Do they, is it easy enough? Like, oh, I'm just going to put in my credit card. Awesome. Great. Sign this. We know you're going to put in our credit card. Let's go. Versus, I don't know. That's a lot of money. Well, then we go to that next next conversation, which is, okay, if we could get this broken down to 200, 300, 400 a month, could you consider it then? Yes. Okay, great. So we need to be better at taking them to that next step, not just accepting, I don't have that kind of money or I'm only doing what the insurance covers. I always thought, Laura, that if there was ever like a um, like a training camp for treatment planning coordinators, that one of the tests to pass would be that you would put them on an elevator that goes up like 27 floors with, you know, other people in there and see how they would do with uncomfortable silence. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> when you're, right, yeah, yeah. When you're like, yeah. when you're in a room with somebody, right. It, there's always somebody, I think we've all been guilty of it at one time or another where you just have to say something. It's like this, yeah. you, you, you cannot be okay with not saying anything. And I think that in the case yeah. of what we're talking about here, and like you said, ask the question and then be okay with it. And I'll let that, let them share with you instead of hopping right in. And in some, some cases driving the ship the way that you want it to go, let, let them, let them take you where they're going to take yeah. you. Where, they're going to go where they want to go anyways. Right. I mean, you can try to guide them, but they're, I mean, that's, we're talking about people's money. They're going to take you there. So. Well, and that's the part, that's where training comes in. Um, and you know, whether it's ADOM training, front office training, your care credit or whatever, we, we, we can't expect that everybody on our team is going to be comfortable about presenting treatment. Um, we get nervous, uh, we get busy, we don't prioritize it. And then we fill in that, we, that, that space, that gap, it, it, there's something about being comfortable with it, you know, and saying this is, you know, here are our payment options. We want to, you know, we have check, credit card, cash, care credit. How would you like to take care of it? And then sit there. It's kind of like, you know, uh, we joke about this. When the patients are in the back, I say when they get anesthesia, they get amnesia. And they forget, oh, I'm supposed to pay, right? And then they walk out the front going, you know, bill my insurance and send me a bill. How many other businesses can you do that in? I can't walk out of the grocery store with the groceries and say, send me a bill. You know, we need to be, we need to understand at the end of the day, we're a small business. And ultimately, we're here to help our patients, of course. But we also need to make sure that we're not, if our offices are not getting paid, um, if we're letting treatment leave because we didn't talk to them about payment options, then we're not going to be in business very long or doing very well. So we need to, to train our team members and, and have the resources, have the tools that's going to make it easier for them um, so that we can help our patients. Because that's what we're here for is really if the patients walk out and say, I don't have that kind of money and we don't have that next level of conversation with them, we're not helping them as healthcare providers. Um, and the insurance companies are not helping us by any means. So we need to we need to make sure we're good at that and train our team on it. Yeah. Laura, what percentage? I mean, it's it's kind of a, I don't know, could be a challenging question, but more just approximate. What percentage of practices that you've worked with, talked with, even when you were there, do, do you think realize how much unscheduled treatment, meaning treatment that needs to get done, uh, what percentage of practices know close to what that amount is? 
If you I would say a very small percentage. Yeah, I would say a very small percentage. I think um, if you would ask the doctor, the majority of the doctors would say their case acceptance is 80 or 90%. And again, that's kind of what we were talking about when the patient shakes their head and say, yeah, doc, that's what I, that sounds great. I want to do that. (laughs) You know, that yeah, I, I close that case, right? And then doctors yeah. say to me, "Well, Laura, you know, it's not my, it's not me, it's my front office team." Well, until the patient sees the numbers, you, they're, it's not closed. Right. Um, I also think that doctors and team members will say, "Yeah, we have eighty percent, ninety percent case acceptance." Well, if you presented ten thousand dollars in treatment, they only accepted one thousand because that's what the insurance covers. Is that true case acceptance? No, um, not really. Know and we have, you know, with the statistics and the metrics that are out there now. I mean, I work with a company that they we can dental intel is a great one that you can see how much treatment is walking out the front door. And you know, we need to figure out how, and again, it's about taking care of our patients. But just think if we could say, you know, we're gonna get an extra 15, 20% of those patients walking out in treatment paying because we have, we've been better about talking to them about their payment options. We have our team trained. We are getting, you know, patients approved by care credit. We're going to increase our practice by that much more. Um, and, and so there's an investment in it. There's a, in the sense of making sure that your team understands the importance of it, making sure you're taking time to set the patient in the consultation room, that they understand what they need, that we're talking to them about their payment options, because, When a patient pays, then they're on board. That's when they wake up and they go, well, I have to have a root canal, but I don't feel like it. However, I've already, you know, I've already paid for it. So I might as well go. Um, And, and, you know, at the end of the day, that's our job, right? Our job is to get our patients to show up because if they don't show up and pay for it, we can't help them. So I think the percentages are really low. However, it's growing. I think, I think teams, doctors, uh, with the help of ADOM, with the help of care credit, I mean, you can get, uh, you can see how your practice is doing and saying, are we really truly getting 90% case acceptance or are there areas that we can improve? And there's so many resources to help offices do it now. Um, I think it's great because um, the more we improve with this in our practice, the better we're going to be for our patients. Yeah, I mean, it's the one thing. I mean, certainly there are a lot of different aspects of of moving dentistry forward. But I mean, I, I mean, I come back to this all the time. I mean, there is just masses amount of dentistry that needs to get done. And and it was interesting to me over the years when I would when I would study this, it would be sometimes people think Laura that it is the big implant cases or full mouth restoration, and that the numbers don't show that. What the numbers show is it's you know an individual that got treatment plan, they need to get two fillings, and you know what? They got busy, office got busy. And it's a lot yeah. of little, you know, $600, $1,200, whatever the case may be, and not to minimize that dollar amount, but I think when you talk about a company like Care Credit and the the ability to be able to spread that out, the, the question that I have is, you know, why are not more of these patients getting those cases done? I get it if there's an element or, or there's challenges to have somebody that needs a full mouth restoration or whatever the case may be, even though a lot of times that stuff is more choice than it is need. Uh, and those individuals find a way to pay for that. But when you're talking about just the dentistry that needs to get done for the health of these patients, there really is a lot of resources. And I'm glad that you brought up the fact of having a lot of our listeners come in and, um, or not come in, but reach out to their credit rep to come into the practice because uh, there are a lot of resources, like you said, that when everybody gets busy, they just don't know about. And it certainly is worth their time to 
to do that. And, and I actually, and I learned that from Adam. We were at, um, you know, one of my Adam conferences. I go every year. It's my favorite conference of the entire year. And what they told, you know, we, a lot of the companies in there, I've, I've worked with in the past on clients of theirs. I've worked with their software, their, you know, whatever it is. And they said, you know, don't skip over the companies you work with, but actually go talk to them about what's new. Every one of these companies that we work with, they're trying to get new resources, new services, new things that are going to help us in the dental office. So don't just assume, you know, you had care credit in a, a year ago or you had one of your companies in a year ago when you were new with them. And then that's it. They're evolving, too, just like we are. And they're growing. So I learned that from Adam. And I go in and I walk up to all the client or all the companies that I work with from my office. And I say, what do you got that's new? What are you guys working on? What are you doing? Because I know that they're there to help us. Um, I think another thing, too, and you mentioned this a minute ago, that I always had the idea about third-party financing being we either offered it just for the large cases, right? So our doctor goes to this training. They come back. They're doing full mouth, you know, $20,000, $30,000 cases. Well, of course, we're going to talk to those patients about financing, right? Very rarely can a patient just cash out, you know, dole out $30,000. Or we're going to talk to the patients who really can't afford it right? The ones who are just like, I just can't afford it. I don't have the kind of money. Okay, right. Great. Let's try to get you financing. But what we're missing here, which I think is key, and my goal this year is to start training more and more on this, is that middle patient. You know, that that person, not that it's a $20,000 case and not that they, they don't have good credit or they don't have the money, but we are letting patients walk out the door right now that had we actually said to them, if we could get this to a good monthly payment, would you consider it? And one of the, the, um, um, the changing markets really are the millennials. I mean, more than, you know, 30% have untreated tooth decays and the tooth decay. And a lot of them are less likely to have insurance, dental insurance. They're looking for payment options, convenience, location, time, and they're more willing, you know, just like they're more willing to switch jobs. They're also more willing to switch dentists. If you don't help them, find, you know, have the convenience for them to get the dentistry done. Um, and so cost is a big obstacle for millennials, you know, and so we need to make sure we're, you know, not just picking the high end or the low end, but let's talk to everybody about it. And even if, like I said, I love the form that they have, it's easy to print out and it helps you kind of, here's our payment options. What looks good to you? What's the best for you? And having the full payment discussion with them about, you know, what our options are and then helping them figure out what's best for them versus just letting them walk out and say, well, we'll put a watch on it, which kills me when we put a watch on a tooth. Cause what are we going to watch it do? Yeah. It's not going to heal. It's, it's going to get bigger and more expensive, right? Um, we need to get better about payment options with our patients and helping them through that buying cycle to really help our patients. Cause if we keep putting watches on things and waiting for the insurance to renew, their, their teeth are, and their mouth is going to get worse at a faster speed than, you know, what the insurance is paying or, or um, you know, when they can afford it. So we need to be better about talking to them about payment options. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. I personally, uh, when I look back over the last couple of years and, you know, families had medical, different medical expenses and things like that, I, I don't think people realize how accommodating, at least that's the way it's been in the medical space and in the dental space as well. When you talk about care credit and some of these other, uh, these ways, I just don't think people realize how, uh, open that a lot of these companies want to be to help patients spread things out over time. 
right? I mean, I just, yep. I just think that it's, it's, and I think that's a good thing in some regards, right? And I, you know, find to be financially astute, you certainly don't want to uh, add more debt than than you already have to have. But like we always say, if for whatever reason you have a health problem and you don't get something done in your mouth and that causes other issues and you're in the hospital and you're not around, well, then the money means nothing. So it's like, you know, how, getting people to obviously realize that is important. But but the finance piece is a big piece of it. And I think that's what I've learned over the years. I've had, you know, different entities where I've had to pay medical bills and stuff like that. And I call these companies and you know what? They're like, Mr. Stamper, well, you know, if it takes you six months, whatever the case may be, we're here to help. And I think right. I could just, to your point, I think them reaching out to me and letting me know that those options were there changes the whole experience, Laura. It's like, okay, right. you know, not, not, now I feel yeah. better. And now I know if I, if I'm not going to, if my wife says, well, you know, our daughter has to go here or something like that, or I'm not going to cringe every time I get the news from the, from the doctor, because they've made, they've already shared with me that there's options available and you've already taken me, my anxiety level down one notch. And that's a lot for a lot of people. Right. Right. Which is another thing too, that, that is great um, uh, about that, that form. So I say when you send somebody home, if they really have to talk to a spouse or, or, you know, get somebody's approval, you know, say, okay, should I do this or not? If you just send them home with a treatment plan, you know, all they don't understand MODV, ENDO, you know, ENDO and CRN or all, all they know is the dollar amount. And so they say, well, you went into the office to get a cleaning, but now you're coming home with a $5,000 treatment plan. You know, that's a lot of money. But if you send them home with the payment options where they can say, oh, you can fix your teeth for $3.59 a a month, okay, that's more doable. Um, And so we need to be better about helping our patients and communicating options for them. Another thing that I love is that, um, you know, I've seen financial options come and go. I don't know about you since you've been in dentistry, but I've seen companies come and go financing services and care credit's been there since the beginning. Um, and they're still there, but they're evolving. So one of the things that they have is called a quick screen, which is basically before a patient comes in or maybe the first appointment or before you go talk to them about, um, you know, the, the treatment plan, you can find out with just their first and last name and their address if they, if there's a chance they can get financing or not. Now it's not a hundred percent because they're not actually checking their credit score, but it helps us to confidently say it, maybe we can get them pre-approved. You know, I went in and did mine and I put my name and address in and I, I can get pre-approved. So now when I, as an, as an, a team member go in to talk to Laura Hatch about treatment, I'm pretty sure this person's going to be able to figure out financing. So when the patient says to me, I can't afford it, I'm a little bit more confident that they can, but they're just saying I can't afford it because that's just the, what we go to. Right. Um, It takes people a couple of times to, to get through that buying cycle. I mean, my example is for anybody who has kids, when you tell your kids, it's time to go to bed, do they go right to bed? No, they don't. I mean, they have to tell them again and again and again. Right. And finally, they go to bed. That's what we have to do. And so if our team's a little bit more confident now the you know, the people talk about like, well, I don't want to get a pre-approved with credits for all. It's not. It's just a way to get an idea if the patient potentially can be or not. But what I love about that is, you know, Care Credit and I've talked. I mean, they know what we deal with in the front and they're evolving just like many of our other resources out there to give us more pieces to make this successful for us, more training, more availability, more forms, whatever it is we need, because we're up against patients not wanting to spend money on dentistry. We get that. They don't want to get drilling needles in their mouth. So, you know, find out from the companies, work with the companies, train your teams, understand everybody in your team is not necessarily the best about talking about money. So get them the skills they need 
to make this a win-win for everybody. Because if we don't, we're not really helping our patients get the dentistry that they need. Right. And, you know, you mentioned something interesting. While at the ADOM conference this year and getting the opportunity to speak with a lot of the companies that were there, uh, what I think is interesting, and this gets lost a lot of times, and I'm going to go back to, like you said, the recommendation, a very, very simple recommendation to have your care credit rep come into your practice or what have you and just do the old fashioned thing. And that is have a conversation. Cause I think what gets lost a lot of times in dental practices is that there's like this, just like there's that chasm, Laura, sometimes between the back team and the front office team, the clinical team. I think there's this chasm between like a dental practice and the companies where a dental practice may feel like, well, we may make a suggestion on the company, but the company's so big, they're never going to go ahead and change that. And I don't know how, I don't know how true that is anymore. I mean, I mean, I, I don't want to obviously, you know, paint this rosy picture to where certainly there are a lot of a lot of layers for a big organization to make changes. But I think what a lot of companies are realizing is that if your end user, if you have the ability to have conversations with your end user and your end users are providing you insight in regards to why patients are doing this or not doing, companies are going to listen. And so I think valuing that, and it really goes back to what you said, which is if you are going to be the person as the office manager who's going to take ownership and commit to getting this treatment done and recognizing that the treatment planning and the, and the financial options presentation is important, then commit to reaching out to these companies and being a voice because more and more listening. I I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I mean, I I see that and I think it's encouraging. For sure. And then the flip side of it, which I see with front office rocks and I, and I know that, you know, all the companies, if there's a company listening will agree with me is what I find is um, with front office rocks with my training videos We'll call in and we'll talk to the office manager and the office manager's like, yeah, it's great. It's really good. Your training's great. We love it. Or I love it, but I can't seem to get my team to do it. And I say, well, I, I haven't seen your team do the training. The quizzes aren't done or anything. Oh no, I watched the videos and I just told them. <laughs> well, we need to understand that everybody's got to see it from their own perspective. So right. if you are meeting, you're an office manager or a dentist and you're meeting with your care credit rep, just you. Um, you're not fully allowing the team to learn on their own. You're just kind of, transferring the data you're just you know transferring what you want and we need to understand learning growing and educating our team they have to get educated and they're all coming in with their own preconceived ideas their own knowledge their own so if you're going to bring a rep in and and, and and for any of the companies you work with but specifically care credit have them come train the team show the resources they have show the way we can get monthly payments um, show how easy it is to apply so that when the when the dentist walks out of the operatory and they look at the patient or they look at the dental assistant the dental assistant can confidently explain that we have payment options and it's super easy to get approved and it'll just take five minutes and 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 that everybody on the team is understands even if they're not the ones doing it you know we need to work as a unit so don't just bring the the, the rep in and say what's new with you and just leave it at the office manager or the doctor level take it to the team let the team learn because they're going to be better with your patients and um and that's really you know i think a big um thing that we don't do you know, Absolutely. we don't invest enough in training. We don't invest enough in our team. And making an investment in your team is the best investment that you can make. There's no question. Yeah, and I think in the first couple episodes, we talked about how a lot of some of the things you shared were not super expensive. Uh, if there is one thing that should be expensive and you definitely uh, we'll get a return on your investment. It is investing in your team. I, I don't think there's too many people that would disagree with that. And, and I think that's uh, super important. So 
Well, this has been awesome, Laura. I think, uh, again, I mean, there's there's nuggets throughout this whole series. I think we touched on really every element of case acceptance. And, and, and what I am excited about is, is a very different way, a very unique way uh, that a lot of people don't touch on. And that is going all the way back to the first impression, uh, the experience in the office, and then the actual like in the trenches. Okay, it's time to go ahead and, and open that check, uh, Mr. Stamper, to realize what you have to pay for dinner for your date, i.e., presenting treatment plan to the uh to the patient but uh this has been great and again i mean you it's been you know so awesome to have you and and i know you're you're out there all over the industry your passion is contagious uh you're making a huge difference and i know adam radio and care credit certainly appreciates you coming on and and sharing uh what you're doing and more importantly how you want to help so really appreciate it well awesome and i say for anybody listening to this if you have not looked into adam it's american association of dental office management it's a great online resource, a great place to go um, to, to just help your team grow and learn. And then to come to the conference, because you and I were there last year. It's a blast. It's so much fun. Um, and all the companies you work with or are interested in, in working with, we have a booth there. Care Credit has a booth there. Care Credit always has fun giveaways. Um, so it's just a really great um, conference. I think a lot of times we go to cl- we go to our state meetings, our clinical meetings, and there's not a lot about the front office. And Adam really brings that to us and in a fun and educational way. So um, check out Adam. I, I highly, highly recommend it. Absolutely. All right. Well, Laura, well, listen, best of luck to you as you're out there on your mission to continue to train those front office managers and uh and do everything that you do. So again, thank you so much. And I'm sure we'll talk soon. Perfect. Thank you, John. It was great talking with you. All right. You too, Laura. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode here on ADOM Radio. Hope you enjoyed our guest today. So a couple quick housekeeping things. For those of you that are new to podcasting or you are new to ADOM Radio, if you have an iPhone, would love to have you visit iTunes and download ADOM Radio Podcast. If you have an Android device, be sure to go out to Google Play and do the same. Great thing about subscribing to a podcast is each episode that we upload will automatically come to your listening device of choice. That way you can go ahead and plug in and and listen, go about your day with all of the great content and speakers that we will have here on ADOM Radio. Also, with each individual episode, you have the ability to leave some feedback. Would love to hear that from you. And certainly, uh, if we have earned it, would love for you to go out there and give us five stars. The way that it works in the podcasting world, the more reviews, the higher ratings, the more that iTunes and Google Play will push these podcasts to the top of the list when people are looking for information in regards to dentistry, office managers, all that good stuff. So we'd love to have you go out, give us five stars, and any reviews, feedback, any particular guests or topic that you think would be beneficial, please let us know. We look at every single one and love to hear your thoughts. And finally, if you want to learn more about ADOM, please be sure to go to dentalmanagers.com. You can find all of the great resources there. If you're a member, ADOM is adding new things all the time, and so there's all kinds of great information there. And if you're not, please learn more about it. Talk to your office, your doctor, any of your team members, and let them know about ADOM as it is continuing to grow and continuing to add some great resources and empower dental managers all over the country. Also, wanted to let you know about the ADOM conference. If you go to adomconference.com, it is in July in San Antonio. It is filling up quick. 
Uh, it's going to be another amazing annual event that ADOM has put on with great vendors, great speakers, a lot of great community, and a lot of great information for you, the dental manager. So be sure to check out adomconference.com and learn more about it. With that, have a wonderful week.